Star Wars Celebration 2022 has come and gone. We've been waiting for over three years to celebrate Star Wars in person with other fans and creators, and this celebration felt like coming home. Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I'm your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to this episode where we are recapping and reviewing everything that we did at Star Wars Celebration 2022. OMG. I can't believe this past week happened. It feels like a dream sequence. And if you can probably tell by our voices, we are literally exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) So who knows where this episode will go. We're definitely going to like leave out some parts, but this was definitely one of the most tiring weeks of my entire life. It was one of the best weeks of my entire life, but like, oh my God, so much happened and I'm so tired. (laughs) I need to sleep (laughs) and go into a hibernation, I think, until next celebration. Yeah, we've been home for less than 24 hours, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's not enough. <laughs> I think I've been home for like 13 hours at this yeah. point. Yeah, I think I took today off of work. We're recording this on Tuesday, May 31st, and I, I took today off, and that was past Caitlin. That was smart of you. I highly recommend it (laughs) to take the day off after you come home from a convention. I didn't get up until not even going to say how late I got up, but I got home. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't. It doesn't. I got home late. I stayed up late until you got home. And yeah. Anyway. Anyway, we're so tired, but it was... It was so much fun. It was such a great week. I'm so sad it's over. Like, I we were there for over, a long time, <laughs> over a week. We checked into our hotel last Sunday and left yesterday, Monday. So full a full eight days. We moved when in. I, we moved we into moved that Hilton in that hotel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so coming home, I'm like, this is this is not my home. This is not where I belong. <laughs> I belong <laughs> on the 14th floor of the Hilton. Yes, exactly. <laughs> It's not fair. I haven't unpacked. I know you unpacked a lot last night. You had more time than I did. I got home so late, you guys. I got home at, I think I walked through my door at 2 a.m. And yeah. I didn't go to bed until like 5. I looked up for my phone, which is so crazy. I looked up for my phone and I was like, oh, wow, my blinds aren't working. And then I was like, oh, oh my God, the oh sun God. is rising. <laughs> <laughs> so bad so 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 bad oh, but no yeah it's okay it's fine it's okay yeah yeah <laughs> I, I got home around 11 uh but then I waited until you got home I like tracked you on find my friends in case anything sketchy happened yeah <laughs> at 1 30 in the morning but yeah during that time I did start unpacking I'd say it was like I got 75 percent unpacked uh last night which was great. I feel really good about that. And I had such plans to uh, just knock it out that last 25% today and have not even touched that last suitcase. So it's okay though. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. 
Okay, let's talk about our week though, because who cares about when we got home last night? It doesn't even matter. Exactly. It's yeah. stupid. Let's, let's move do, on. Yeah. Let's move on. We have to move on. <laughs> okay. So we arrived in Anaheim from our from New York and Atlanta on Sunday. And we Caitlin and I have talked about for years this goal of ours. So this was our fourth celebration, but so much of our celebration experience is feeling like we're rushing around. And those four days, even this year, were are so rushed. And you're catching up on sleep. You're trying to take care of your body. It's a lot. So I think that we've always been envious of people who drop into the location of celebration quite early, relax on in, ease into it, and then leave like the day after. There's no rushing, right? And a big goal of ours was to get to the point in our independence, in our adulthood, that that would be something that would be possible. So we did that. And it, it, it was so worth it. We left on Sunday. We got there on Sunday. So that gave us three whole days before celebration began on that Thursday to ease into it, to get our health wristbands, to relax, to sleep in, um, to take our time and... Of course, naturally, we went to Disneyland, which is not exactly a chill time, but we had a chiller time at the parks than we usually do, to be honest. Like, we weren't, I wasn't exhausted after every single night. We went home at like 8 p.m. every night, and it was so good. Like, it was such a fun few days. It was amazing. Yeah, you know, you hear us saying uh, we're going to go to Disneyland to kind of ease into the week, and that doesn't really sound super (laughs) easing or relaxing. (laughs) But yeah, like Charlotte said, we did leave early almost every day except for Wednesday. What's funny is that we actually originally never planned to go to Disney on that Wednesday. We planned to go Monday and Tuesday, uh, and we were originally like switching hotels on Wednesday, and we are like, we're just going to not go to the parks on Wednesday, take it easy, like actually take it easy, switch hotels, just like lounge and have drinks, get, you know, scope out the convention center, all that stuff. But then a bunch of our friends were all like, yeah, we're going to Disney on Wednesday. And we're like, cool, us too. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, (laughs) yeah, we're in, we're in. And when you you buy one of those park hopper tickets, adding a day after the second day is just not that expensive in comparison to buying that first day. So it was sort of like, yeah, yeah whatever. We'll probably spend that money anyway somehow on that Wednesday. Yeah. So we'll just do it so we and we'll, we'll be it chill. Was, and to be honest, on that fun. Wednesday, we spent the entire day uh, in Ogas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had a couple reservations in Ogas that day. <laughs> yeah. Which, I think if you heard on our preview for Celebration, us talking about the specialty drinks that were going to be at Oga's during Star Wars Celebration, I was really excited about the gin drink, which was the Tarkinian Night Flower. And I won't tell you how many of those I had over the course of Wednesday, but I <laughs> had a lot. That's the only drink I had oh on Wednesday. I actually and it didn't was really, realize that, that was the only one I got. Yeah. I was like, I'm. this is mine. This is my drink. Every time our waiter came around, I was like, a Tarkinian night flower, kind sir. (laughs) (laughs) And it was really good. I really liked it. But yeah, we met up with so many friends and other podcasts throughout the day. It was, it was so fun. That Wednesday was just, it was so great. I think one of the best things that happened that Wednesday is we were in Disneyland. And this is one of my, probably one of my favorite uh, memories from the whole week, I think, is we're with a bunch of friends, um, 
And we all, after we left Oga's, we went to go ride Star Tours. Uh, you all know Star Tours, the ride, know it, love it. And you know that you can get a combination of different planets uh, when you ride Star Tours. And so Charlotte and I had ridden that earlier in the day. And we had gotten, we got, we got Kef beer. And then what was the second one we got? Was it Crate? We got Kef beer and Crate yeah. the first time we rode yeah. it. And so Kef beer, right, is in Tross. You guys know how you feel about that movie, but it was fun to see. I, I had never been planets to are planets, before. like who cares, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the Death Star ruins is actually a, like a really cool location. Yeah, yeah, and location. And I'd never been. I don't think you had either to Kefir in Star Wars. So it was, it was, it's always fun to go to a new location in Star Tours. So it was really fun to see it. Crate is always great, of course. Um, you know it. That was the first ride. So then we get uh, with all of our big group of friends, like 10 of us, all go to Star Tours. And we get Kef Beer and then Exegol three times in a row. We rode this ride three so times, many times in a row. And we're like, we got to do it. And this is, it's like 11 p.m. before a celebration starts the next day. And we're like, we can't start celebration off on this note. Like, we can't. Like, on Exegol. We, so we can't cursed. start it on Exegol. It just felt so cursed. So we're like, we got to do it again. And then half of that group was like, we're giving up. We're going to go watch the parade. And the other half of us were like, we got to do it. We got to break the curse. Yeah. And we we did break the curse. And it was so worth it. And we went nuts with like every little thing that was not Kev Beer (laughs) It like didn't matter what it was. But I think we got the prequels and it was so fun. Yeah, Um, I think we got Kashyyyk and Coruscant. Coruscant, yeah. Which I had never, was, I don't think I had gotten Coruscant before. If I had, it had been so long. It was so fun. But we were so loud on that ride. Even when like the huge, like the 10 of us were all that last time we were all together and got the the Tross lineup. We were sitting in the back row. We had all gotten the back row of the ride and we were all just like, no. It was sort of like incredulous though. We were looking around like this is not happening. It was so funny. So funny. And of course, no one else on the ride like knows that we've had this exact sequence multiple times. But when we got the good one, we were like, "Yes, Princess Leia!" Like, <laughs> Kashyyyk, Chewbacca. Yeah. And and then we walk off, and everyone's like, like "Wow, that was people. such a fun ride." <laughs> you yeah. guys made that real fun and. Yeah, it was great. But we also got to witness Blast Points, the Jason and Gabe from Blast Points, walk into and like experience Galaxy's Edge for the first time too. And they had just arrived when we went to Oga's. And they were like, it was so great to see them sort of looking around like, where am I? (laughs) What is happening? (laughs) And then after that, I was like, I look on over, we were taking pictures by the Falcon. I look over on over to the Millennium Falcon ride, Smuggler's Run, and I noticed that it's only 25 minutes. And previously throughout the day, it was like an hour. And I was like, we got to go. We got to go. go. We have six. I look around. I'm like, we have six people. We got to go. We got to go. And so we, we went. And that was really funny. And we were so hyped, like so excited. And then we turned the corner because we're like, you're never going to believe. You're not going to believe seeing Hondo. Oh it's going to be so great. It's going to be so great. And we turned the corner and there's a tarp Hondo. covering the amazing <laughs> animatronic Hondo. And we're like, oh, my God. Brandon, Caitlin and I are like. Yeah, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> Well, what's funny is if I'm, we have a lot of listeners who listen to both Sky Talkers and Blast Points. So if you've listened to Blast Points, you probably know that a big thing for them is riding the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland because 
every time they've gone to Disneyland prior, the Indiana Jones ride has been broken or closed down. So they've never ridden it. And they're huge Indiana Jones fans. So this trip, they were like, that's the only thing that matters is riding the Indiana Jones ride. But then, of course, like Charlotte said, Batu, they've never been to Batu before. So it was like all brand new, which is so exciting. Like there's nothing cooler than showing big Star Wars fans Batu or like seeing those reactions and stuff like that. And yeah, the Talking Bay, Brandon uh, and us were all hyping Hondo so much. We were like, yes, you've ridden Indiana Jones, but have you seen Hondo Anaka? <laughs> we're like <laughs> doing this whole thing. And the three of us walk into the room first and he's literally covered with a tarp. Like it's very macabre, honestly. <laughs> they just totally. have like, this tarp thrown up over him. And we all three of us like out of a sitcom, like stand in shock, like stop walking and are like... <gasps> Yeah, just the turning of the corner. It's built into the ride, right? This sort of dramatic, all these turns, I think. Yeah, all these reveals that happen. Yeah, so that was just freaking hilarious. (laughs) really was. (laughs) But the ride was great, and Jason and Gabe were pilots on that ride. They did a great job. Two canisters. Two canisters. It was elite. It really was. Yeah, another thing about our Disneyland trip. So that was Wednesday. That day was filled with so many friends and seeing people that we haven't seen in years and years and a lot of people that we're meeting for the first time. So that was really, 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 really cool and like a great way to kick off celebration. But the previous two days, it was sort of just Caitlin and I in Disneyland and California Adventure. And uh, on Monday, that actually really worked out that we ended up flying there earlier. And if you had listened, if you listened to our Hayden Christensen interview, you know that we did that in our hotel room, but it really worked out really well that we eased into celebration because we were able to do that together and sort of spend the morning in Disneyland, then like mosey on it back to the hotel, do the interview and then celebrate in the night in Disneyland, which was just so special. And like everything about that worked out so well. And like previously we were even supposed to be flying on Monday and we backed up mm-hmm. the trip even more to Sunday. And I'm so glad we did. It felt like a sign that we were supposed to do that. Yeah, completely. It's, I remember on Saturday thinking about the trip as a whole, because, you know, you're already thinking about it ending, even though you don't want to be in that headspace yet. But I, it took me a second to be like, oh yeah, that, that was the beginning of the week here where we actually interviewed Hayden Christensen himself. It was, uh, it's kind of crazy to think that all of this happened in one week I just I kind of can't get over it right uh yeah yeah I I had forgotten that we were originally coming in on Monday actually and we had because of like flight prices and stuff like that we were just like let's just go in on let's go on Sunday let's go on Sunday yeah Yeah. can you imagine if we were supposed to be flying I I, I don't even want to put it out there I would have changed our flight uh yeah for that we we absolutely would yeah (laughs) important 20 minutes yeah there was no way that I was going to say no to that I definitely would have changed the flight (laughs) Yeah, Very yeah, important. Exactly. 22 minutes, Caitlin, not 20 minutes, 22 minutes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So let's start talking about celebration because Thursday, that first day was everything. Okay. Everything. So one thing I want to say before we begin is that I want to say thank you to two people who sent us QR codes for some of the biggest panels because Caitlin and I were not so lucky with the lottery. We got only Bad Batch, which was great, but I just 
I I feel like this was the nicest thing that could have happened to both of us. And it purely made our celebration so much better than I guess we it was even going to be. And um, first thing, I want to say thank you to Zach Bunn for sending us two QR codes for the Lucasfilm Showcase panel at the celebration stage on Thursday, which like altered the I, entire day mm, for us. Mm. It was just the best ever. And then I also want to say a big thank you to Sean Lucas, who sent um, us a QR code for the Mandalorian panel. We'll talk about that later. But, you know, you go to an event like Celebration and you really start to feel the love of this community, the Star Wars community. And I I don't know. I feel like there was a sense of everyone's kind of looking out for each other. You want to help help someone figure out how to do something. Someone will help you. Someone's willing to give up a, a unused QR code for you. Um, people that I'd never even talked to trying to help me. It, it was so nice. And I think that there's occasions like that that happen at Star Wars Celebration all the time. Like this was obviously a huge example, but even getting someone into the Mandalorian experience, snagging some some line spot on the Celebration uh, show floor, or just like meeting someone brand new in a line together. I think there's just all these different special occasions, like special moments that happen at Star Wars Celebration that are just like, just like, really indicative of the kindness that Star Wars fans really do have and that it's it's shown so much at this event. So again, thank you so, 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 so much to Zach and Sean for those QR codes. Because without that, we wouldn't have been able to go to the Lucasfilm Showcase <laughs> panel on Thursday. That was the craziest experience ever. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, I can't add on any more to what Charlotte said, but yeah, thank you so much. Um, those panels, the Lucasfilm showcase panel and the Mando plus panel were just, wow. Um, (laughs) it's kind of hard to describe. They were amazing and there are just, yeah, there are just so many acts of kindness like that throughout celebration that just remind you that this is in fact an amazing community. And sometimes, it's easy to forget that, but I think being back in person for the first time in three years, it was just, you could just feel that everyone was so excited to be there and to be talking to other people about Star Wars. And if you could make someone else's experience or day better, it like wasn't even a question to to do that, to give the sticker or the pin. The ex- I've heard so many stories of people just giving away exclusive pins that they would get at certain booths or something like that. You know, just little things like that. And then all the way up to big things too, like um, getting these QR codes. It was just it incredible and generous acts of kindness that I kind of can't get over uh, because yeah, the Lucasfilm Showcase panel was Incredible. And it started off uh, with a choir singing, uh, doing Duel of the Fates. Fates. <laughs> and, and, and also this like video, this like compilation video they did of oh my God, the video. fans and the movies. I, I honestly can't even remember what this video was of. I remember. So the video. But I cried. Yeah, yeah. We were. I was like sobbing. It was so much. I was like, my mask is already getting all wet. <laughs> it's not okay. <laughs> um, the video was basically talking about how Star Wars is a family, how Star Wars is about family, and yeah. how uh, celebration is a celebration of those values, and how 
It's sort of what you've been saying about celebration, about how it was, it's so cool that it's called celebration, not convention or anything like that. It is a celebration of all things Star Wars and a lot of creators and interviews that I had never seen from people who have long passed even um, talking about how special the fans are, how special an event like celebration specifically was. So it was a really great way to kick off celebration. I knew I was in for it. Because this is like my love language in Star Wars fandom when people talk about like community and things like that. It was um, it was wonderful. One thing I want to note while we're talking about these is all these morning panels were not streamed and I feel bad about that. I feel like I have lived so many celebrations on the live stream, not at Celebration. And I just want to note that I wish that they were live streamed for everyone listening, but also for myself, because I would like to rewatch them. <laughs> and I sort yeah. of didn't realize when we were watching them that they weren't like this specifically, that I actually wouldn't be able to go back and rewatch it. And that's kind of crazy to me. Yeah. Anyway, the panel itself was amazing. And there were people walking around like saying, don't film anything, basically, even with this Duel of the Fates choir that it began with. When they were playing this video, we could tell that there were streams of people coming to the front of the stage, like on the floor in front of the stage, uh, lining up. And I thought it was going to be like people from the company, like thanking us for being there or something. And then the video ended and then people started singing Duel of the Fates, like the, the choral part, you know, the Cora Ratama situation. And it was insane. Actually, Caitlin, you've recorded it, so I'm going to insert it here, if that's okay. <laughs> and yeah, um, here it is. So that was the recording of Duel of the Fates. Uh, it wasn't the whole thing. It was, I think it was just like the, the the back half of it. But yeah, I recorded a lot of things, audio, voice notes um, of certain performances from that panel because, yeah, they were very diligent about no video recordings, but no one said anything about no audio recordings. So uh, if that's wrong, I'm sorry, but also... I want to share a little bit of it with you all here today because yes, exactly. hopefully it gives you a little bit of the feeling like being there because it truly was incredible to hear the choir. I just like the whole stage was bathed in red light. It was it was incredible. It was so crazy. And then it cut it right so into Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor on the stage talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi and 
that was also insane. And then it, they kicked it off with a bang saying that everyone in that room was going to get to come back later with their wristband and experience the premiere and watch Obi-Wan Kenobi, the first two episodes, early with everyone collectively. So we did that later. And that was like we were melting down finding that out. <laughs> it was just it was just like a such a big finally, because we've all been waiting for them to announce some event or something at Star Wars Celebration to premiere Obi-Wan Kenobi because you all know they moved the date and of the premiere date specifically for celebration. At least that's what it felt like. And then there was no announcement of them doing something. And so it was great to be like, oh my God, finally, like we knew it was coming. I got a little worried that nothing was coming, but then they said it and we went and it was amazing. It was literally a red carpet premiere. And there were so many members of the cast and crew that were there in attendance too. It wasn't just like Ewan and Hayden and Deborah and Moses. It was like so many members of the crew were there as well with their family members. So it really was like a red carpet premiere. It was, it was so great. And we can talk about that later, but yeah, it was great to finally get that news. So then we just continued going up and up and up. And after Obi-Wan Kenobi news, we got Andor news, which, oh my God, this was so, number one, Diego Luna, my pride, my joy, my love. I love him so much. It was so great to see him on stage again. And I I thought it was funny because he talked about filming uh, Andor for what, like 15 A year and a half. He said a year and a half. Yeah. And I was like, that's funny because it's definitely been filming for 10 years. Yeah. I, I just feel <laughs> so long. I feel like Andor has been filming for a half a decade. <laughs> and he's like, when you said a year and a half, I remember thinking, it's not actually that long. Why does it feel like it's been so Filming long? maybe, but like pre-production and everything. I feel yeah. like it's been really, really long. So funny. I know. But oh my God, that trailer looks amazing. I think it's the best Star Wars trailer I've ever seen. I think so too. Like, first off, I think that something that we've heard kind of throughout the weekend, even from like Lucasfilm employees, is that Andor's going to be it. Like, it's going to be so good. And I think that you can feel from the trailer. First off, I thought that every trailer that they showed at the showcase panel, it felt like the production design was fully increased. Felt like a and higher budget. <laughs> it felt like everything had a higher budget, even though that's not necessarily true, I don't think. But I just feel like everything had a very distinctive, attractive look um, per trailer. Like one thing I that's the number one thing I take away from that Andor trailer is wow, this looks like really high caliber, really high budget, really well done sci-fi fantasy. And I also, the second thing I take away from it is, damn, I think this is going to be a very political show and I'm so here for it. I cannot wait. Yeah, me neither. It, Yeah, like Charlotte said, everyone we've talked to, Lucasfilm employees that we heard talking or were lucky enough to meet have said consistently that Andor is the thing that's coming out. And I'm like, we just, we Obi-Wan. <laughs> Like it's that's here. But and what about course, Obi-Wan? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And of course we all love Obi-Wan, right? But there was just this really uh, palpable excitement about Andor and all the things that it was going to say in that show and how it looked and the acting and the writing. 
everyone was kind of a buzz about it. And I think the trailer was fantastic. The like rhythmic quality to that trailer, I think is so unique. And I remember Kathy saying that we, there's like a snippet of Cassian's theme that's in that trailer. Uh, I haven't watched the trailer enough, quite honestly, yet to like figure out what part it is. I don't even know if I could, but that if it's in that kind of tone family, I guess motif family for that trailer, I think that Cassian's theme is going to be incredible. And I'm I'm so excited for Andor. I think it looks incredible. Comes out August 31st, 12 episodes. We already know about a season two. I'm so excited. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be really good. They, I think they talked about how this first year, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Caitlin, this first season is a whole year um, of going up to like the next season, which will be the days leading up to, or the months, I can't remember the time period now, leading up to Rogue One. So the first season is a whole year. Tony Gilroy kind of talked about how when we meet Cassian, we're not going to really recognize Cassian from the person that we know in Rogue One, which intrigues me a lot because Cassian is already a very complicated character in Rogue One. So I'm excited to get to that point. I can't wait. I think the show is really going to be amazing. And of course, we're going to talk about it on, on the podcast. Cannot wait for that. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm very pumped. I just, yeah, it's definitely one of the things I'm most looking forward to coming out this year after after Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. <laughs> after this other thing that I'm on top of the world about. <laughs> Let's stick with Star Wars news for a second because we also got a little snippet for Mando season three, which was pretty shocking. I was not expecting this at all mainly because I actually didn't know where they were in filming. And in hindsight, I should have known that they were probably going to come here with something. But it's hard for me to keep it all straight with Boba Fett, with Mandalorian, with Ahsoka, like all these things. Like it's it's becoming difficult, right, <laughs> to, to keep it all straight. And I didn't realize that they would have a clip with so many different parts in it. Yeah. And the clip looked finished. Like <laughs> I don't know why they're not sharing it publicly because – it looks really good. And in the Mandalorian Plus panel later that week, they showed an even longer version of this clip, which was kind of a treat because we got like a little taste of it. And then we got the full platter later on Saturday. And it's pretty clear that Bogotan is the villain um, in this clip, which is so interesting. And there's a shot of, correct me if I'm wrong here, Caitlin, there's a shot that looks like on Mandalore, the like ruins basically of the room that uh, Ahsoka and Maul had their little chat in the last season of the Clone Wars. It just to that's me a that's a nice way of putting it when they had like a full on battle. It's the throne room that we yeah. see like Maul sitting on the throne. We see Bo Katan on that throne too in the in the trailer. Yeah, it is sick. Like truly yeah. so awesome. I think it's everything about cool. the about the trailer looked literally amazing. Like I think season three is gonna be amazing. We also found out that Rick Famuyiwa, um, we found this out later in the weekend, is going to be, is now an executive producer on Mandalorian season three, which is so welcome. And I'm so here for this because I think his episodes of The Mandalorian are the strongest of mm -hmm. all. So I'm really glad to have his executive producer vision in season three. Like, it's really good. Yeah, I'm super excited for that. I think they had kind of, someone had kind of let that slip, I think in this panel, and it wasn't until Carl Weathers did. Yeah. In the okay, other so panel. Yeah. yeah. It was in the beginning of the Mando Plus panel. And then 
he kind of let slip that Rick was now an executive producer. And so then later they actually did announce it in the panel. It was just it's kind of funny. But yeah, seeing the trailer, the trailer was so great. I think what I'm most excited for with the Mando season three trailer is that there's such an aesthetic change to it. I think we're very used to Mandalorian season one and season two for the most part being on planets like Tatooine and Navarro that are very dusty, beige, very much the Tatooine aesthetic. And it's clear and, you know, they like go to other planets that have other aesthetics, of course. But I think it's kind of known for that Western out in the desert kind of vibe, right? The gunslinger vibe. But season three, the trailer, there were there was like more urban areas. There was so much more color. I don't know. It just got me really excited. It felt very fresh for The Mandalorian, this trailer. And I think that got me really excited. Totally. And the very last shot of the trailer was... I Ruins maybe, of Mandalore. Yeah. There was like someone arrived to Mandalore. I forget if it was Din and Grogu or, or what ship they were in, whatever. But the clouds parted and you see the ruins of Mandalore like beneath the clouds and the whole crowd went wild. It was really cool. It was so cool. It was super, super cool. And it it looked immaculate. It looked perfect. Yeah. And then we also found out later that in the Mandoverse, we're going to get a new show by John Watts called Skeleton Crew, which is interesting. I think this we've heard about this before. It was rumored like the tag name was rumored to be called Grammar Rodeo. And so many people are kind of calling it Stranger Things in Space. But the random announcement was that Jude Law is going to star in this. They went on and on for a little bit about how the show stars kids. And then they're like, and it's also starring, literally, this is the way that went. it went. And oh, yeah, it's also starring Jude Law. And then they put up this huge headshot of Jude Law. No, no cast announcement for the kids. But it's like, oh, yeah, Jude Law's in it, too. And yeah, Jude Law good actor, kind of a weird guy, but whatever. And uh, everyone kind of was like, all right. (laughs) I think they kind of expected these like wild cheers and there was not wild cheers for Jude Law. It was kind of like a, okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was a very weird announcement, honestly. (laughs) I just, I'm I can, like, like kind of here for how weird the announcement is, if I'm being honest. The whole yeah. like the the huge picture appears behind them and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's in it. <laughs> <laughs> and they revealed the name, too, which is great. Um, but yeah, the the skeleton crew little segment was was interesting, I think, because they didn't have and not that you need to come to celebration or to any convention like this with a trailer or something like that. Like we don't need clips from everything but I think like I don't know I'm kind of interested in like how they thought up the lineup for this because it was kind of like really really heavy hitters with Andor and Obi-Wan Kenobi and even the the choir at the beginning and then this like very random Jude Law announcement concept art would have been cool to be honest yeah yeah they did a poster but it would have been cool yeah I think concept art would have been a good thing to have done for Skeleton Crew. Yeah, just to clarify, it wasn't a poster. It was a logo. The logo. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So then we also got a preview for the new Willow series that John Kasdan and Ron Howard are doing. And it looks really, really good. Like, I'm mm-hmm. I'm in. I really like Willow. I think it's a good movie. And I think that the energy on stage was like a little weird. <laughs> 
but uh, the the trailer was like awesome. And so I think this is where we get into the Lucasfilm Studio Showcase part of it all, where we're done with Star Wars now and we're moving on to Willow. And then later we had Indiana Jones, which we'll get to. But what was exciting about the Willow segment was that Warwick Davis was there. Yeah. And previously they had said that he wasn't going to be at Star Wars Celebration because he was filming Willow. So it was really exciting to actually see him there. Yeah, especially because he's usually a stage host. Yeah, yeah. And Erin Kellyman was also there too because she's in Willow. So it was like great to see her again. And she, of course, um, has she's been to Celebration before and, of course, is in a Star Wars property already. So it was really exciting to see her back on stage too. Yeah, she got a lot of cheers, especially when John Kasdan was like, Anyone remember her? And we were all like, yeah, Erin, this is amazing emphasis. It was great. <laughs> so then after they finish kind of going through all of those many announcements and trailer and clip and cast reveals and all of that great stuff, Kathleen Kennedy comes back on stage and we're kind of talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi again, I think. But to cut to the chase... She says, all of you are going to get to hear the brand new theme for Obi-Wan Kenobi that was composed by John Williams. And not only that, but he's conducting it and the the curtains on the stage open. There's a full orchestra and then John Williams walks out from behind the stage and he goes in the middle and he conducts and he debuts Obi-Wan's theme. And it was for the first time for the first time. It was beautiful. It was so great. It was so good. And yeah, we have a recording of that. So let's put that in here. I am pleased to announce that you will all now become a part of Star Wars history as the new Obi-Wan theme is played live for the first time. This 
Wasn't that just the best thing ever? I've I've been listening to it on repeat, and I think what's great about that recording is that I we're not in the front, right? We're way back. <laughs> our, our seating was way back, and you can just tell that the whole room was silent. Just really, I think it's the great thing about Star Wars and that we know how special all of these pieces are that make Star Wars up, whether it's creature design, music, the actors, the sets, the the special effects, all of it is so integral to that quote unquote Star Wars feeling. And you know that when you're in the presence of people like John Williams, it's like everyone there is on the same page of I need to pay attention and soak this in to the best of my ability. And I'm just not going to (laughs) move until this moment (laughs) is over. And there's just John Williams playing Star Wars music to Star Wars fans. There's just, it's, it's like casting a spell. It's the coolest thing ever. It really, really, really was. It was amazing. And also there was a lot of talk about how John Williams earlier this year turned 90, which is just incredible. And then Mm -hmm. after that was played, Harrison Ford comes on stage and they're getting ready to talk about Indiana Jones. And it was very brief. There was Kathy there. That was Harrison. And Harrison got really choked up talking about John Williams and how his music has followed him around for a long time and like made a couple jokes. It was great. I'll put that, I'll put all of that recording actually, because I have a recording of that too at the end of the episode because it's just a lot, but I'll put it at the end if you want to listen to it. But You know, it's always really nice to see in the past couple of years, Harrison Ford reflect on his experiences that are so, that we like revere so much as fans. And it's always great to see him get kind of choked up. I mean, it's not great. I shouldn't say that, but like for lack of a better term, like it's emotional to see him get choked up about how things have impacted his own life because in a way like they've also impacted our life. So it's nice to see him um, reflect upon that. And so, yeah, like there, I don't think there was a dry eye in the house when he was talking about how John Williams, um, affected his life and how his music he's written themes for literally him. So that was really, really, really cool. Also Indy five. I can't wait. So excited. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. It was, it was so great to see Harrison on stage because I, I don't think I really expected him I did there, not. No. Honestly, yeah. So him walking out on stage with the Indiana Jones theme was just it's it's everything you could hope for, I think. Yeah. And it was yeah, like Charlotte said it was great to hear him reflecting about his own experience with John Williams and in turn Lucasfilm and these franchises with Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Totally. And then um after that, uh John Williams played uh a little bit more of a suite from Star Wars, which of course Imperial was amazing. March. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was great. It was everything. I just want to live in those audio clips, quite honestly. But yep. yeah, so that was um, that was the Lucasfilm showcase, which is probably the most we're going to be spending talking about any one panel. But it was but just was like really impactful, you know, <laughs> like yeah, everything about that was, yeah, a lot to cover. And then right after that, we went to go see our friend Brad and Sarah on the podcast stage talking about gearing up for Obi-Wan Kenobi, talking about the things that came out of that panel that we were just talking about. And that was great. It was so good to see them on the stage. Unfortunately, their panel was cut short by the fire alarm, 
which was scary, to be honest. Like it was scary in that moment, but ended up being a false alarm that kind of like threw things up in the air where we were like, oh my gosh, okay, we got to go. But we were also kind of freaked out and scared. But apparently that happens a lot at conventions there that people pull the fire alarm. So Which is just, it's rude, you know. Totally rude. Yeah. Given everything going on in the world, it's kind of like if if someone's telling me to get out of a building, I'm going to get out of a building. Yeah, exactly. So we were like calmly, and we were on the second or third floor. So calmly getting out of the building, trying not to freak out, but definitely freaking out. But it's okay. It's fine. We we moved on. Yeah. Which just sad for our friends at Friends of the Forest because I know that's definitely not how they totally wanted their panel to go. But before that, it was such a treat to see them in real life doing their thing up on stage talking about books and movies and everything that was slowly trickling out from the Lucasfilm showcase because they were there preparing for their stage. So it was fun to see them uh, doing a podcast in real life. Totally. Another thing we did that day that was so cool. So I think if you listen to our POV, you're packing for Star Wars celebration. We had talked about how we were really interested in going to like sort of an obscure panel or a panel that we hadn't necessarily uh, like a panel track that we hadn't been to before. It's so cool that Star Wars has so many different things that you can do at all times. Like even these these big panels are great. Don't get me wrong. They're awesome. But it's really cool to go to these smaller ones that are so filled with passion and everything. So we went to, we decided to go to the poster collecting panel about like how what it's like to collect posters, like Star Wars posters. And we learned so much. It was great. I, it was, it was interesting. It was so good. And I think that, I don't know, I think Kayla and I might be poster collectors now. <laughs> At least uh, way more interested in collecting posters. I mean, I yeah. did, I bought a poster later that weekend for $50. It was Return of the Jedi poster. And I was like, should I buy it? And I almost didn't buy it. And then like two people walking by me were like, oh, that's super cool. And I was like, okay, great. I'm buying it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, because your whole thing was like, I'm just going to put it back. And if it's still here, I'm yeah. going to get it. And then I, we were both like, hmm. That's yeah. not what we do here at Celebration. No, yeah. The thing is, this poster, it, it's a really cool Return of the Jedi uh, poster, and it has it's, it has a little damage on it, which is kind of what made me wonder, like, okay, should I keep this? I'm not really sure. Like, should I go for it? Um, what would the esteemed panel panelists at the poster collecting panel think of this poster? But I was so exhausted, I couldn't actually remember anything they said at the time. So I was just like, all right, here we go. <laughs> Two people walked by and said, it's cool. So I'm buying it. It's mine. And now I have it. And yes, I brought a poster tube to Celebration. But no, that poster tube was not big enough for this poster. So I got to hand carry this poster home. <laughs> but it, it made it back pretty unscathed. Woohoo. Yay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What was fun? Oh, sorry. Just to like do a little tangent. What was fun about taking the poster, like carrying it in the poster tube home with me, like kind of sticking out halfway, was that the people that sat in front of me on the plane were also coming home from Star Wars Celebration and they had like a specialty lightsaber and also this like massive canvas, like this oblong rectangular canvas of the Battle of Crate and they were hand carrying them on. So we kind of commandeered an overhead bin to put our like awkwardly shaped things in together so that they would all be safe together. <laughs> so that was, that was great. Good camaraderie, good teamwork there. And all of our stuff was undamaged. So it was great. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so then later that afternoon, the the afternoon kind of got hijacked a little bit by the fact that we were going to the Obi-Wan premiere because it was like, okay, so what time are we going to get in line? We want to make sure that we get good seats. We don't even know how this is going to work. So we ended up in the afternoon. The premiere was at 7. The way these things work is like you get in line and then they let you in about an hour, hour and a half before the time of that panel or the showtime. So that puts us at like 5.30. So then it's like, okay, so what time do you get in line for that? Okay, around like 4, I guess. And what do you do for dinner? I don't know. Who knows, man? (laughs) (laughs) What time do you eat? I don't know. Never. (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of what we did is we didn't eat. That's the – okay, so we had the best celebration ever. It was definitely one of the best ones that ever existed for us ever. And nothing really went wrong for us, to be honest. Like – We didn't really have any major meltdowns like we have in the past, which is really good. One thing that I think that we need to do much better, much better next time is we were under caffeinated like the entire time. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like we can never really get enough coffee. Um, We could never spend enough time. Like we never had enough time to stand in a Starbucks line. Um, And we just have not figured out how to feed ourselves properly within this timing, you think you have all this time in order to like, oh yeah, the convention floor has a beer garden. The convention floor has all this stuff. You think that you're going to have time to like grab a little snack or a little soda or something, but you never do, especially when these big panels are like over lunchtime and you're just running from thing to thing. So you're just, anything that you can eat, you're like shoving in your mouth, honestly, just for the calories to like sustain you. (laughs) And it's not good. Like it's, it's not great. And then also another thing is like eight hours of sleep really does matter. And we were so tired like later in that weekend and you just have to take care of your body in all the ways that it needs to be taken care of, um, from caffeination to sleeping to eating actually eating I yeah. think at this point we just need to like start buying lunchables to I know. Put in our backpacks. or like make our like, own sandwiches or something I don't know why we're I, I don't know yeah it's bad we need to do I something think, because yeah uh, yeah there are many days where dinner was the first meal we ate <laughs> yeah and we survived on goldfish yeah. so for the Obi-Wan premiere we're like okay so we're just not going to eat until after this is just how it's going to be you're 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 hyped up on adrenaline because you're so excited that also like the hunger kind of takes a little bit of a backseat and at least for me and then when we're in there it there they they open up the doors and then the entrance where you we were this morning was sort of transformed into this red carpet where they had cars and costumes and a step and repeat and it's it was so cool. All of a sudden, we were like, oh my gosh, we're at a premiere. This is amazing. Yeah. And we were, we were with Last Points. We were with Savannah and her mom. We were with Kara DJ. And we were all like freaking out and like taking selfies and just like soaking it in. Couldn't really even believe we were there. And then they we turn and they're like, don't forget to grab popcorn and water. And I, I was so excited by this popcorn and water. <laughs> so it's like, yes. And then we found out that we could even get more popcorn and water water when we were standing there so <laughs> I, like, I, I was dinner. hustling grabbing the popcorn and water when we finally got to our seats but Caitlin can you tell the, the story of getting the seats that we got oh my god at the premiere <laughs> so throughout this whole weekend I the floor seats are usually reserved for media and Jedi VIP 
Jedi Master VIP badge holders. But they do have like sections that are just for anyone. Uh, but the majority of them are already pre-reserved. But I actually don't like sitting in those like extra seats just because on the floor, because by that point, you're like in the back of the floor section. And you just you can't really see as much. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather be up a little bit higher. Like if I'm not going to be in the front row, the front five rows, just make sure, give me a good view. Really. It's kind of my philosophy. But earlier that day in the Lucasfilm showcase panel, we had actually gotten excellent seats where we were the first row on the second level, if that makes sense. And so we were right up against like the concrete wall um, that separated the sections and it was like raised a little. It's like the start of the stadium seating, which I actually didn't think about this, Charlotte, but this is very uh, reflective of our favorite seats at our hometown movie theater. Oh my gosh, that's Um, actually so true. Right? There's like this pair of seats that Charlotte and I's hometown movie theater across from like my high school that we would always go to and the seats that we liked were the first of the like stadium seating in the movie theater and then they had this little like bar and we would always put our feet up on it anyway it was our favorite seats and we tried to get them for every premiere anyway (laughs) or every showing that we went to but especially for new star wars films that we would go and see but that was kind of where we sat for the lucasfilm showcase and i was like those are the seats let's try and get similar seats for the kenobi premiere because it'd be great to like be able to put our feet up <laughs> um and you it's just like it's more leg room too honestly in those seats it's more leg anyway, room. it's not about the feet up it's more leg room it's more leg room so we're like rushing and I like get to the front of the line of our like little group and I'm like it's now or never we got to find the seats so I like take us all the way to the end where I see like that front row of the stadium seating was still available and I like start rushing back and ahead of me I see this group of people like hopping up and I'm like what are they doing and basically they're scaling the small wall that separates the floor seating from so the stadium bad. seating it's, it's so bad like it was really bad separately and- it's very bad that this was like not accessible well like, yeah, they and there, there's an opening there because like stairs go through all of these yeah. areas, but they were all blocked off for some reason, which uh, was not good. Um, yeah, the accessibility factor there is not good. Also for like fire hazard reasons, that Real was bad. not good. Yeah, not but, good. But. but in the moment, you're not really thinking about that. You're just like, those are my seats and I need them now. So I send... <laughs> I send Charlotte first. I'm like, go, go, go. go. (laughs) And I like take the popcorn out of her hands. I'm like, scale the wall. (laughs) I like definitely flashed everyone behind me. (laughs) No, but I was behind you. So it was just me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. And I was like, all right. They're like over. (laughs) There's like folding chairs. And the girl sitting next to us, I don't think she was happy we were doing this because she was kind of like, that chair is broken. And we were like, all right. And just kept going. um so we all, we all did this we all got over the wall um you had to like stand on the wall and then and then or stand on the chair and then leap over the wall I'm, it's not I make this sound like a big wall it's not that big but number one when you're in a dress um it was arduous wall. okay it was arduous it was arduous like, because there was a the chair the wall it felt like it wasn't gonna happen there was a bar there's, on top of the wall too. exactly there was people rushing down so you want to get the seat and they're coming at it from a different angle and you're like we got to get the seat it's now or never we got to claim it and so I was like all right <laughs> <laughs> yep and I went for anyway, it. Anyway, we got them. Yeah. And 
we all had a great time. All like nine of us, whoever, however many were in our group. It was it was super great. But then they we had the popcorn and the drinks. Then they had these exclusive Obi Wan Kenobi Pringles and Frosted Flake flakes boxes, and you had to dance to get them. And I'll, you go, Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> I love a free thing, especially a free exclusive thing. And I also love a stupid tie-in promotion of food, especially when it comes to Star Wars. So I really, really, really wanted this Pringles thing. Also, before this, I had gone to get more popcorn and then I came back and all of a sudden it was like free Pringle time. (laughs) Uh, People in our group had already gotten the free Pringles and I was like, oh my God, how do I do it? And I was like, okay, I'm just going to dance. And so then I... Um, decided to make the biggest fool out of myself and I was I was macaranaing so hard like (laughs) (laughs) the beat was so fast and I was just you know really going for it and I you know I just was accepting that I was in one of those seats that the hosts were not going to throw me a Pringle can you know what I mean you know how you can just tell and it wasn't it wasn't fair because I was on the end actually so like I definitely could have gotten it but I, I was really trying, and I didn't you get didn't one. Try. I didn't yeah. either. It's okay. You it's gave okay. up. You were sitting down, and I was like, "Here I go. I'm going." <laughs> you were like, "You can oh, only relax. do the macarena so many." I was like, "It's not gonna happen." Well, because because we were on the end, a bunch of people like of our row, uh, people from like the rows up above came down and like filled in that space. You know what I mean? Yeah, it wasn't kind of fair because like, it should have yeah. gone to me. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I don't even care. It's literally Pringles. But I was trying, okay? I cared in the moment. In the moment, I was like, I was really ready to duke it out. Dance <laughs> battle. Yeah, but, but I didn't get one. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah. No, we, we had popcorn. We had free drinks. And yeah, after that, we all waited and waited and waited. And then finally, the show started. <sighs> And and the, so show. the show. The show. Yeah, that's all I need to say. It was so good. I was ready to sit there all night and watch the entire series. I was yeah. like, episode three, let's go. Roll it again. Go. <laughs> I was so ready. I just – I talked about this in our live show, and by any chance you haven't listened, um, the show just, like, meant a lot to me and a lot of things that happened in, in it. Like, I really had, like – a sob fest in the watching the show and Mm -hmm. it was just really special to watch it with a whole group of people I am so grateful for that experience and then after the show the cast and crew came on so since it was the premiere it would they had a lot of people who worked on the show who actually weren't there that morning which actually to me explains a lot of the capacity and why they capped the room where they did um in the morning because it was significantly less filled than um than the other panels throughout the weekend. Um, Anyway, so they had a lot of the cast and crew there. And then at the very end, Jimmy Smits came on on the stage. uh, Bonnie Pease came on the stage. And then Vivian Lyra Blair did Little Leia. And it was like the crowd erupted. Everyone was so obsessed. And seeing her on the stage was just so cute. And um, Deborah Chow said a few words and everything. And that was, again, so special and just so great. I think everyone in that room fell in love with little Leia then. And it was just the best positive vibes ever. Well, what was great is that she like came out and like kind of did this high and then like kind of waved to everyone, like all the cast on the stage and cause she knows them. But then she ran 
all the way to the end directly to Ewan. And that was like the only person she saw on the stage. It was so cute. It was so cute. And Deborah got pretty emotional talking about the show too. And like having the premiere be here at Celebration, like the cast and crew being here, like so many of the crew and watching it like with fans like this for the first time. She said it was like she got emotional talking about it and how special and how important it was and how great it was to to have the premiere be here at Celebration. So all in all, it was an incredible experience. And yeah, watching new Star Wars with other Star Wars fans of crowd like that, it's just it's the best thing ever. And it's been so long since we've gotten to do that. And you and I have been lucky enough to watch new Star Wars a few times throughout the past couple of years together, but nothing really tops that crowd experience. Totally agree. And after it, we sort of floated home. They gave us a super cool poster and we were like, oh my gosh, okay, now it's time for the podcast meetup at the Hilton. And uh, we dropped off our posters Every single person in that entire bar, I feel like, was going upstairs. We took for it took forever for us to go uh, in the elevator because it seemed like every single person was going to watch Kenobi. And from what I hear, the internet was just real bad. So, um, well, yeah, we yeah. we tried to watch it again later that yeah. night and couldn't. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, it was a mess. Um, so then we came back downstairs. And uh, went to the bar and met a ton of you. And it was really, really, really awesome. We actually met a listener named Sarah who visited Skywalker Ranch and brought us a, like tea towels from the ranch. And I'm still floored. Like, wow, 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 wow. Wow. Yeah, it was so it was it was so nice. And like there were some badges that she brought us to. And it was just I was like, this is. I don't have anything from Skywalker Ranch. It was it was incredible. <laughs> it was yeah. really nice. Um, but yeah, we met um, a lot of listeners at the – it was kind of like a mini uh, meetup because, yeah, I think the Obi-Wan Kenobi premiere kind of threw off everyone's plans for the meetup, which totally makes sense. But I don't know. It meant that the listeners we, we did meet at, Celebra- at this meetup, we got to like talk with a lot more than I think we were able to in 2019. So it felt – yeah, it felt like a lot more intimate and it was it was just super fun. And we were almost too tired to go. And then we were like, no, like, let's let's get downstairs. Like, it's going to be fun. And it was. And I'm so glad we we didn't tap out. <laughs> Me too. So that was day one. Oh, my God. <laughs> took us an hour to get through day one. We got to we got to speed this we up. We got to pick somehow. up the pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so day two was Friday. This was the day that we dressed up as George Lucas, the George Lucas aesthetic. I'm just going to say, not to shoot our own horn, but it was a rounding success. And <laughs> it really everyone was. loved it. I loved it. Um, it was super fun. <laughs> same, same. I feel like no one really saw our digital magic earrings, though, I have to say. And I don't think we got a really yeah. good picture of them. But we have we had earrings that said digital magic. And I feel like that was great. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So George Day was a huge success. Definitely one we'll be bringing back, I think, at future conventions. I also have to say that Charlotte and I probably matched more this celebration than we have on any other trip (laughs) that we've been on. I think we had three, maybe four completely matching outfits throughout this trip. Yeah, it's fine. It was good. It was cute. It was fun. But uh, yeah. 
So we started off the morning going to our friend Talking Bay 94's podcast stage where he did a live interview with Matt Martin. And that was super cool. The interview was great. Brandon always does a great job with his interviews. But it was so interesting actually to hear about Matt Martin's career. That was kind of the the angle of the interview was where he started and how he got to his current position at Lucasfilm. And it was it was really cool to hear that trajectory. And it was yeah, it was a great way to kick off the morning, honestly. Totally. And once Brandon has that up, that audio up, I highly recommend it because I learned a lot, yeah. especially about like the beginnings of StarWars.com and Star Wars social media. It's, it's definitely yeah. worth, worth checking out. So then after that, we were lucky enough to get into the Attack of the Clones panel, which was a trip. A wild ride. Wild it really, ride. It was Mr. Toad's wild ride was yeah. the Attack of the Clones panel. I think that... If that was streamed, so if you watched it, you know that Tem and uh, Daniel Logan really kind of stole the show there, and they were hilarious. But like, we learned a lot about Daniel Logan's <laughs> home life, which was surprising, and like family tree and everything. It just <laughs> was not what I was expecting at the Attack of the Clones panel. And then just in the 11th hour, Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor showed up and talked a little bit about their fighting styles and like their time on Attack of the Clones, to which Ewan was very much like, I don't really remember a whole lot, which was really <laughs> funny. <laughs> and yeah, I said this in our in our live show, but there was no mention of Padme. So that was fun for yeah, me. Or Natalie. Yeah, or Natalie. I had really, really thought that maybe she was going to show up, so... I'm a big clown for thinking that, but I, I really thought so. Um, anyway, and we also got a really funny video from George Lucas. Uh, oh, Blast yeah. Points on their show said, and it's like so funny, so I have to repeat it here, said that it looked like he was just looked up after doing his taxes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was very, if you've ever seen the video of him from the Phantom Menace panel in 2019, it was very akin <laughs> It was very video. similar, but honestly, lower shorter. energy. And lower, shorter. Shorter. There was a quick cut in it. So what happened in that quick cut? It was great. I, I love I this kind of stuff. It's so silly. Well, I, I had totally forgotten. So Ashley Eckstein was the host, and I totally forgot that she was like, tell us a funny story or like what's your favorite memory from Attack of the Clones to, about fighting? Or I forget the exact question, but yeah, Ewan was like, you know, I don't really remember. <laughs> it was so Which, silly. It was so funny. It was hilarious. But also, okay, one of the weird but really fun takeaways from that panel was seeing uh, Hayden Christensen and Ashley Eckstein were seated next to each other. And yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, I think at like one, Ashley like fit because he was the, they were the last ones out. And so then it was Ewan, Hayden, Ashley like in the, in the row, like how the seats were set out. And yeah, I think they did a close up of the two of them at one point and the crowd just like went wild. Cause it was like, wow, I, this is so cool. Like, Oh my God, it's Anakin and Ahsoka. Yeah, it was awesome. And I don't think you said this before. I don't think that Ashley realized that everyone was cheering for both of them, not just Hayden. And I hope that she knows that because everyone was really thrilled to see them together it was just a cool thing, right? Like, yeah, it was just pretty cool to finally see that. And they had never met before, which was also interesting. So yeah, kind of interesting, kind of cool. Yeah, it was fun. So then after that, we hightailed it 
to our own panel. <laughs> Booked it. <laughs> we, we actually yeah. left the other one a little early. We did. Yeah. Once we were for sure sure that Natalie was not coming, we were like, all right, we got to we got to get out of here. So we left. We got to the panel room and there were already people waiting outside. And <sighs> yeah, the, our our show definitely was the highlight of celebration. It was so much fun to talk about the Obi-Wan Kenobi episodes one and two with you guys. And I don't know, just like live in that Star Wars feeling and celebration. It was it was just incredible. And Charlotte and I are so, 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 so grateful for everyone that came out um, to that show or told us they wanted to come and couldn't or told us that they were going to listen later or just came up and said hi to us overall at Celebration. But the panel was, it was so much fun. We were really nervous beforehand, actually. And so it <laughs> right before the Attack of the Clones panel, I went to the bathroom and was doing like deep breathing exercises because I was so nervous. <laughs> yeah. But it was so much fun and there's so much going on at Celebration. There's so many things buying for your time and uh, Celebration doesn't happen all the time. So for you to like choose to come to our show during your schedule, during your like precious Celebration trip, um, it really means a lot and we're super, super grateful for that. Yeah, we really, really, really are. So thank you so much. And yeah, I I think that we were so nervous, like really nervous, like Caitlin mentioned that we were on a little bit of an adrenaline high as you do after you do something like this. But then after afterwards, we crashed so hard. We were it was really hard. I if you saw us anywhere from like 5 p.m. to like maybe 10 p.m., 9, yeah, 10, 9 10. p.m. Um, that rest of that day, we were like in a haze, like literally like yeah. it was so bad, like <laughs> We were so tired. And I just think it's because of the, all the energy from being anxious about it and everything. So um, after we did the panel and we met so many of you again, it was, like Keelan said, the highlight of our celebration. It was amazing. We went back. We actually got to go to the food trucks. We went to the food trucks one once. One single, one single time. time. Again, we had like no time. It was it was insane. Um, and I had an amazing burrito. <laughs> And I had an excellent burger. Yeah. And so we had that. That was the first thing we ate basically that day, and uh, which was great. <laughs> and we got ready to go to Disneyland for Star Wars night, which was funny because when we got there, again, Star Wars night was amazing. We had an amazing time. Everything that we did was great. Okay. But during this, we were so tired. We were like dragging our feet almost going and like willing ourselves to finally, um, I don't know, get a second wind. And like we we got some green milk. I made all the mobile orders for the exclusive food that we had talked about before, like the Grogu beignets and the Snacky Mac, you know. Um, and we, we got all those. They were delicious. And the second wind hit really right after the fireworks, which was at like 930. So we got there at like six. So it was like three hours basically of us just – like wandering Existing. around like what are we doing <laughs> I know yeah so if you did talk to us during that time period um I would like to personally apologize because I know I was not my best self at that that during that time I was like there's no way I'm gonna make it to nine o'clock <laughs> I was like I'm I'm gonna fall over but yeah after the green milk and uh the beignets actually I think it was the beignets that really kind of brought about the second wind for me but yeah, from like 9.30 on, 
I felt good. I was I was like present. I was not present from like six to nine. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then after that, it was just nonstop fun with a bunch of friends on Indiana yeah. Jones on Star Tours. It was so great. We went on the we ended the night on the Falcon ride too. So it was so fun. We had a great time. Yeah. It was it was incredible. We got to ride Indiana Jones a number of times. Basically that night we ate, rode Indiana Jones and Star Tours like on repeat. It was yeah. so much fun. What so more great. can you ask for, really? No, nothing. It was perfect. It was so great. Once I got the second wind. <laughs> Once the second wind hit, it was <laughs> it was let's go. It was go time. Guys <laughs> the limit. Yeah. <laughs> and okay, so then the next day we went home super late like much later than we thought. We didn't get back until like 2 a.m. And yeah. it's funny because like earlier in the night, I was like, well, we have to get our money's worth. So we have to stay until like 11, 12. We didn't leave until like 1.30. So yeah, that's cool. We did that. <laughs> so then on Saturday, we got up bright and early because Sean, a friend that I mentioned before, sent us a QR code or two QR codes for the Mando Plus panel, which I was really excited about and I we were so pumped to go to, especially because like when we arrived, we like ran there. When we arrived, we saw that there was like, I don't know, like 14 seats, right? Um, yeah, on the, the panel. Stage. So there was so many people from the cast and the crew that were there. And I think that overall, my main takeaway from this panel, there was a lot that was said and a lot that was done, was like a, a couple of things. But number one being, I was so happy that Latif Crowder and Brendan Wayne were included in the in this like trio basically they marketed it and they discussed it like the trio who brings to life the mandalorian and it's not often that pedro is in that mando suit it's usually performed by a stunt actor um brendan wayne or latif crowder so we have three different mandalorians and on the stage it was treated like they were all equal and Brendan Wayne, who I didn't know was John Wayne's grandson, which is very cool, um, was they were all he was so grateful to be on that stage yeah. and be a part of the project. And I really felt like every single person that they brought out was just like moved almost to tears. Like people were getting misty about how excited they were to work on this project and how grateful they were. And I know like, of course, they're grateful. It's the most successful show in Hollywood right now. Like, I'm sure they're making a lot of money, right? But I think as fans, you want to hear that. And it was really nice to, like, bear witness to, I guess, because I think it really felt like, man, these people are really achieving their dreams, which is really, really cool. Yeah, and I think with – especially with The Mandalorian, with Pedro, Brandon, and Latif, you don't often see the three of them. I don't know if we've ever really seen the three three of them fully together, maybe, like, here and there, but – I remember like before the panel started, uh, we were texting with friends about, okay, like who do you think is going to fill in all of the the seats? And we were like naming off all these people. And I didn't expect them to show up at all. Like, I, I don't know. It's And that, that's on me. <laughs> but I think it was so great for them all to be there and to be presented equally as the Mandalorian. It was It was just this great reminder that it is not just – Pedro Pascal, who brings the Mandalorian to life. It is all of these performers and they are all so, 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 so talented. And it was great to be able to celebrate all three of them together. And yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that they did that at Celebration. I, I don't know. I think it's so special. And yeah, I was really glad that we got to hear from, from them um, about the Mandalorian. 
But I think one of my favorite things from this panel was that uh, baby Grogu was sitting under the table in between John and Dave. For like 45 minutes. For like a long time. (laughs) And at the end, John was like, oh, yeah. And like someone else wanted to say hi. And then he just like whips out this Grogu from beneath the table. Working. Moving. Who stands up on the table and starts waving to all of us that the crowd is in shambles. We're beside ourselves. Everyone is like, oh my God, like dead. And then the baby sits down and the crowd is like, what? And like we all lose our minds. And he sits down, turns his head, is waving. It's it's like it, <laughs> we were all <laughs> beside ourselves. It was crazy, and the baby looks so good. One thing that I just really wish that we had gotten to do at Celebration was the Mandalorian experience, which was basically like a museum-level display of props and ships and characters and things from the Mandalorian that looked amazing, and we didn't get to do it, and it just wasn't in the cards, and it's okay, it's okay, but the photos looked so amazing. So being able to witness Grogu like moving and everything was our Mandalorian experience. So that's good. (laughs) Yeah, it was really great. They also brought out Chopper. Oh my God. I assume in the Ahsoka show and it's a new Chopper model from what they used on Rebels Recon and his head moves, his arms move. He was, it was everything over. He took over the stage. They like rolled him out and he went all the way down the stage, just chattering away so loudly and like doing little spins and like moving his head. And he like, <laughs> he was perfect. He really was perfect. And you were beside yourself. You were like, I was so excited. It's Chopper. Like you were like about to faint. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited to see him. I had my Chopper bag on that day and I was like, look. <laughs> Yeah, like, it's We're him. Watching. It's him. <laughs> it's him. He's come. It was. It was really funny. It was really funny. In the next panel, we actually also just to kind of go off of Grogu because I think Grogu and Chopper are interesting characters in Star Wars. We learned because in the behind the scenes panel that we stayed in for after this, um, for Mandalorian and Boba Fett, we learned that that John was actually like a model. Slash, they built an an app for John's facial expressions oh, yeah. to be fed through, so that they could model Grogu's own facial expressions after it. So basically, it was like an, a filter for, for John in order to become Grogu and like give direction about Grogu. So it's really interesting because we were like, "Huh, is Grogu John Favreau?" Since Chopper is Dave Filoni, it's Dave Filoni. <laughs> so the two the two guest appearances there were like the mm. embodiments it was just an, it was an interesting move you know <laughs> it was really funny it was really funny yeah we were when we heard about the app Charlotte and I turned to each other and we're like release it to the public release the app they, they were so <laughs> casual they were like yeah well we developed this app that basically like John Favreau could feed in like direction that could be applied to Grogu to I guess better explain his vision for how he wanted Grogu to react in certain situations and to certain cues and things like that. And that feels like, I don't, I mean, I don't know anything about technology, but that feels like a really like big thing to do when they just talked about it so casually. Like, yeah, we developed this app to, you know, 
overlay the director's emotional direction onto this robot that is fully functional on its own, one of a kind, the five million, not five million dollar baby. <laughs> like totally. This is funny. This is funny. So the the Mandalorian behind the scenes panel was very interesting and uh was very like it it was very technical, which is what you want it to be for a panel like that. But sometimes I feel like technical panels like that run the risk of being uh, not technical enough, which sounds weird. Like it can almost be, I kind of worry with panels like that, that you go to them and it's like all these kind of very surface level things that we've heard before. Like I didn't need them to explain what the volume was at a high level. And I think I was kind of worried that it might be that. And when you're in a room of all Star Wars fans like that, we're all very familiar with what the volume Right. Is for the most part. So I was really excited to see that they did actually dive deeper and it wasn't just about the volume Siegecraft. It was, you know, about the really cool app that they developed yeah. for Grogo, among other things. But that was kind of the most interesting fun fact I think you and I came away with. Totally. And that it was just funny, like comparing Chopper and Grogo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's interesting. But the thing that we were really looking forward to that day. Like, yes, we were all about the Mando Plus panel. Yes, we love, love behind the scenes. And both those panels were like chock full of things, right? Like so much to talk about. But what we were really pumped for was Tales of the Jedi. Because this is a thing that was just on the schedule that sort of everyone assumed or felt like everyone at Lucasfilm assumed that we knew what it was, that we would get excited about it. And it was this, you know, Tales of the Jedi is a concept that leaked on a, a Christmas gift to the company in last year, so in 2021. And it was on like a logo for the company gift. And everyone was like, what is that? And turns out it was a Dave Filoni passion project, which the words Dave Filoni passion project <laughs> are uh, great. Like I'm here for that. Okay. <laughs> and especially when it's Dave Filoni animation passion project. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When we saw that Amy Ratcliffe was hosting, it was like, okay, so what's this going to be? Are we getting more Clone Wars? And the answer is sort of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, so we had no idea what the entire thing was going to be. And the entire panel, I swear to you, was like made for Caitlin and I. <laughs> Caitlin, why don't you detail a little bit of it? It was a Sky Talkers episode. Like, I'm sorry. It honestly was. It was. Like, every, everything was. that they were saying was like, oh, my God. We've said this on the show. Oh, my God. We kind of say that. Like, he, Dave literally was like, if you don't yeah. like it, we'll put it on the shelf. We were like, <laughs> what? Then he started talking about how Star Wars was tragedy. Yeah. He was like, it's tragic. It's possibly tragic. Dooku's story is surprisingly tragic. You know, it's a lot of tragedy. And <laughs> We're like Caitlin and I are losing this, our minds. Like, is this real life? Yeah. <laughs> is this really happening to us right now? Soul was leaving body. It was a lot. Truly. I yeah, I gotta say it was it was just really nice to be in a panel about animation hosted by I mean, Amy Ratcliffe hosted it, but like with Dave there yeah. because it has been a while since we've seen him talk about animation in this way in a panel he didn't have a ton of press for the clone wars mm -hmm. uh season seven it was really just a few like really big interviews so for him to be back in a panel setting like this talking about new animation and like really doing his dave thing where he's like waxing philosophical about star wars and animation and these characters 
it was just really great to to hear it. And Dave was actually at a ton of panels this weekend. He was even at the Bad Batch panel, which I was kind of surprised about. It was he just like introed it really to be like, I'm so proud of this team. Well, we can talk about that later, but. He was on a lot of panels <laughs> this weekend, uh, but this one, I think it was so great. Um, th- so the show, I'm sure many of you have read at this point, but Tales of the Jedi is six episodes, six animated shorts. Um, we did watch the first one, and I think it was like 12 to 15 minutes. Um, so I imagine the others will be around that length too. So six episodes, and three of them are about Ahsoka, and three of them are about Dooku. And I was like, holy crap. The fact <laughs> that three of them are about Dooku? Like, so what? Excuse you guys, me? We're no, getting I'm a like Dooku obs- miniseries? <laughs> I'm obsessed with Dooku Jedi Lost, whatever that book is called, that audio drama. Because it's so interesting, Dooku's whole story. And you guys know I'm also, Charlotte is too, obsessed with like the concept of the Lost 20 and what that is does ahsoka get a bus like that question we always kind of laugh about but um dave and like how did the jedi feel about ahsoka leaving the jedi order like logistically as an organizational society how do they feel about that and the ways that they talk about dooku and the prequels is so fascinating like them telling Padme that Dooku would never be in charge of her assassination because he was once a Jedi and so morally upstanding. And, you know, it's like a big F you, Padme was right. (laughs) And why do you think this way about people who leave the order? Anyway, it's the whole concept of the Lost 20 is fascinating. And even the High Republic has kind of talked about this concept a little bit too. And hopefully we'll get even more into this as we move into phase two of the High Republic. But Dave really presented Tales of the Jedi as the comparison of two lost Jedi and how these pivotal moments in their life um, lead to their ultimate destiny of leaving the Jedi. What does it mean for them to be defined by, betrayed by, leaving the Jedi? Um, And I was like, oh, I was like, this is, I can't, this is my show. I was like, this is uh, this is our show. I was like, this is everything that we've kind of been waiting for. So to have a comparison piece, basically, of Dooku and Ahsoka and the ways that the Jedi impacted them, the ways that these lessons that they've learned throughout their life have impacted the choices that they made later down the line to ultimately leave the Jedi, I think is so fascinating. And I'm really excited for this show. And I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be incredible. And hearing Dave like kind of go in depth about that. And not only that, what was really cool is at the beginning of this panel, he kind of, he talked about the differences between animation and live action and uh, how he really didn't see any difference at all. And I thought he was very like honest in um, how people view him now that he works pretty much exclusively in a, in a lot of ways on live action. And he was like, I think a lot of people see this hierarchy between live action and animation and that I've like graduated past animation and don't care about it anymore and only care about live action shows. And that's not true at all. He's like, number one, I don't see a difference between them. To me, they're all Star Wars stories. Live action was just something I wanted I've always wanted to learn and do and grow in, and that's what I'm doing now. But animation is still something that's so, so important for me. And them, Carrie Beck, finding the money for him to do this 
uh, Tales of the Jedi thing was super important and super meaningful. And I don't know, there's something about Dave Filoni in, in an animation panel that just really gets you going. And this show, uh, this show sounds like it's going to be fantastic. Exactly. It literally feels like it's made for us. I'm so, so excited. We got to watch that first episode. We're not going to go into detail because I don't want to get into spoiler section, but it was about Ahsoka and it was about young Ahsoka. So literally baby Ahsoka. And that was awesome. So I think that there's going to be different moments peppered throughout um, this series. There was also a trailer released, which hasn't been released to the public, which is literally crazy. But there's a couple of sequences in it that were so nuts that made me literally, again, uh, soul left body vibes of you get a literal shot of Padme's funeral in Revenge of the Sith, but in animation. And later, Caitlin was like, do you think Ahsoka goes to Padme's funeral? And (laughs) oh my God. Oh my God. And you also, we also saw short haired Anakin in like the newer style. The animation style looks like Bad Batch, not like Clone Wars. It looks glossier, prettier. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. So it was interesting to see like younger Anakin where we met him in the first season of the Clone Wars in the movie, but in this new animation style that's not necessarily new, but it was, it was really nice. And then also we saw mullet Obi-Wan. So there's, I don't know. I think that we're going to. A lot of good things are coming. A lot of good things. Young, young Dooku. We're getting, we're getting Qui-Gon. Liam Neeson's doing the voice. It's going to be great. Everything about it is going to be great. I am so excited. The short was amazing. We loved it. Loved everything about it. If we didn't have our own panel and we, we didn't meet all of you, then this panel, Tales of the Jedi, would be our highlight of celebration. Yeah, <laughs> it was everything so. to us. And it's not really a surprise either that it was, to be honest, because every single time we walk away from it, from celebration, we're always like, animation panels, they're the best. They're the best. They're so good. They're yeah. So, so good. you can imagine the next day when we went on Sunday for the Bad Batch panel, I'm not skipping ahead. Trust me. We were so excited for that one too. Anyway. Okay. So back to Saturday. So after we had our mind bl- minds blown from Tales of the Jedi, we decided to walk the show floor for the first time. (laughs) Yes, this is Saturday. Yes, we had been there for two and a half days. No, we did not have any time to walk the show floor until this just now. So made some purchases. I purchased one thing and one thing only, and that was peasant Anakin action figure. Loose. Not even... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> loose <laughs> not even with like a back a backing or like in the packaging at all nope i saw peasant anakin had to have i got him we we looked for a matching padme in the travel dress but we didn't find her yeah it's a bummer someday though i'll complete the set <laughs> yeah yeah we also um we did get a couple of other things throughout the weekend but uh we did get the Dex's diner mugs which so true i'm really excited we did get about that. Yeah, 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 I was really lucky to get that. Super pumped. But yeah, I think we'll probably like post about the minutia of everything that we got on like Instagram and TikTok and stuff like that. So if yeah, you're really so. interested of uh, some of the other like smaller things we got, I think your Anakin, the mugs and my poster were kind of the big the big, big wins. The big your your <laughs> the, yeah, your five dollars. The, peasant, the loose yeah, peasant the Anakin. Loose, he was like ten dollars. Yeah. <laughs> So after that, we got to go to this really cool thing that we didn't even know was a thing. No, I knew was, it was a thing. I just didn't know it was like a thing that was on because it's not on the schedule. It's not on the schedule. Because yeah, Blast Points has talked about this for so long. Yeah. That the ones that they've gone to in the past, like they've referenced it on their show a ton. Jason and Gabe like had a, 
you know, a spiritual experience going to one of these swap meets and witnessing some crazy props and crazy collectible stuff. So Caitlin and I were like, we, we, gotta, we gotta go. go. Yeah, <laughs> so we gotta go. We got out yeah. a lot of cash and we headed there. <laughs> <laughs> so we got out a lot of cash and yeah, stood in line to go into the swap meet. And I was like so nervous beforehand. And oh my God, we met Star Wars thrifting silver in line for the swap meet, which just felt so perfect. So perfect. <laughs> Literally like, so perfect. This is amazing. We saw her and she was like already talking to someone who was selling something outside of the official swap meet. She was like in her element. It was so great. But I got to see her like actually buy some things, some vintage things in real life. It was amazing. But the swap meet, it was just the, the, the most random collection of things that you could ever imagine. It was great. Um, Charlotte and I both got these reference photos from uh, Monsters Magazine for Star Wars. I got one of Luke from A New Hope and in the X-Wing, and you got one of Leia and Vader. And they're these super cool like black and white images. I'm super excited to get mine framed, honestly. And then a couple of other little things throughout the show floor. But then you, you got a really cool thing at the swap meet. Yeah, I bought a crew shirt from Empire Strikes Back and it has the Darth Vader logo on it. I'm really into it. I saw it on the table in a plastic bag and I went for it. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy about that. You also got some pencils, right? I did. I got some cool Return of the Jedi pencils. There I got a lot of Return of the Jedi merch actually. But these Return of the Jedi pencils that had these big uh Vader and I forget what the other one is cuz I'm not looking at it, but it's like a big Vader head on the end of one of the pencils <laughs> yeah it's not an eraser it's just a vader head <laughs> yeah i'm really yeah I'm, I'm really happy with what we got there i have some regrets about things that i passed on like they had the immunization poster for that's r2 and 3po that's like have you are you immune you know do you, do you have your vaccines and that poster is really famous and after coming out of that poster panel and this they were in such good condition I feel like I should have gotten it. And they had like this Ewok LP that was so cool and in Spanish. I don't know. I feel like there were so many cool, weird things that I just wish that I had bought, but I didn't. And it was an overwhelming experience because there was a lot of people there, but it was great. Had a really fun yeah. time. And then we met some friends for dinner and then we we crashed. We crashed hard that night. Yeah. We were supposed to go out after that too for drinks after dinner. And we are waiting for the Uber and we're like, I'm out. Gotta this is, go. This is our wall. This is the wall. We There's no second wind coming. <laughs> like we kind of knew. Yeah. So we went to bed early for convention standards on Saturday night, which was sorely needed. Yeah. And then on Sunday, we woke up for the Bad Batch panel, which we were so excited about because we love the Bad Batch, as you probably know, and maybe you do too. And my number one thing is I wanted to see updated character models for all of them. And we got that and it was great. So we see like a teenage Omega. Her hair's a little longer. Outfits look a little different. And She's they showed a us. Hat. She's got like she a, cute, a, little she had a cute little hat. It was like a helmet hat. It was so great. And yeah. on the stage, they were like, we had to give her a hat. I mean, this poor girl did not have a helmet at all. And everyone else has all these. It was great because they were, <laughs> um, I think it was Jennifer Corbett who was like, she's running around in her pajamas. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh huh. we've all been saying. Yeah. And then we saw a trailer, which looks amazing. And just honestly, hearing that team talk about 
The Bad Batch. It's just a reminder how good of a show that is. It is amazing. The crowd was eating everything up. And this was something that I was really looking forward to because, you know, that show came out during COVID and you really didn't get a sense on like what the fandom around the show is like, but it's such a high quality show and the people who make it care so much about the characters. And you really felt that on stage. Also, it's worth noting that Dave Filoni introduced the crew that came out because Dave has sort of promoted all of these people from the Clone Wars and their past work on Rebels and everything into this these new roles that are higher up, that are more in control. And I think that he he said some things about legacy and how important legacy within Lucasfilm is. And I, I don't know. I just it was it was quite nice. It was a good introduction and a good reminder of how things move and how Dave is honestly trying to elevate a lot of different voices and people within the company, which is really cool. Um, and yeah really, really excited about it. Also, the poster is amazing. I love a good poster. and poster out of the weekend. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the Ander poster is pretty good, but the uh, the Bad Batch poster is so stylized. It's like Western-y. It is so good. I love it yeah. so much. I love it. It has also like the tropical vibe to it too. I don't know. I think it's very fun. The clip we saw also from the Bad Batch was like tropical. There were there were space crabs involved. It was great. It was a really good clip. Yeah, it was really um, fun. But yeah, they also did a – it was so great because this is really the first time we've seen Dee Bradley Baker and Michelle Ong in person. Um, yes. Not Dee Bradley Baker, but Michelle as Omega. And she was a delight. It was so fun to see her on stage um, like – being cheered for as Omega because Omega is such an amazing character. And yeah, like you said, this show came out in, in quarantine and COVID. So I'm sure she like, I don't know for a lot of people, it's like being introduced to the fans in person for the first time. And I'm sure that's like really fun for them. So it was really great to like celebrate her and the work that she's done as Omega. And then her and Dee Bradley Baker did a live reading. And this panel was also really fun because David Collins was the host and he's a great host. He's um, very familiar with animation and like obviously sound design and stuff like that. So he kept asking questions to all the different members of the Bad Batch <laughs> to see how quickly Dee Bradley Baker could switch between the voices and of course Steve Bradley Baker did them all flawlessly but they did a live reading uh with Michelle and D and to see him and that that's how they do the actual recording it's just straight through like he doesn't record all of Wrecker's lines at once and then all of Tech's lines at once he just goes through Wrecker Omega Tech Tech Hunter Omega uh crosshair omega like he just does it all like that it, it was incredible to watch yeah it's always a treat to see d perform and it was it was crazy <laughs> it was so cool yeah. actually throughout the entire thing d would kind of like burst into wrecker and in, in, in a moment's notice really <laughs> it was great this day was really about like the animation projects that really debuted it, debuted in the last year. And after this, we had the Visions panel, which we were so excited to go to. And at the Visions panel, first off, it was an incredible panel. It was really well put together and it basically had two parts. The very beginning, it was the producers and the creators of like who who worked with the studios over in Japan from Lucasfilm 
who talked about the project and how proud they were of the project and working with it and everything like that. We learned a couple of things, including that Kathleen Kennedy was pretty instrumental in bringing over Studio Ghibli movies to the US, which I thought was really interesting. So they they referenced that as like sort of it's part of the DNA of there's a lot of things that are part of the DNA of Star Wars that include Japanese culture and something like that I thought was an interesting fun fact, to be honest. But so it started off with the creators and then they they talked about all of the, their different favorite shorts. And uh, then we got a message from the Japanese uh, studios and that was really great and emotional. Then James Waugh said that the future of Star Wars and anime together is bright and that a lot of things are in the works and that anime and Star Wars takes a lot of time. So that... I thought that was going to be our only announcement. And I was pretty satisfied with that, to be honest. Um, And then after that, the host brought out a bunch of the voice actors for the, the English dub of, um, of each of the, the shorts, which actually included Christopher Sean, which I thought was an interesting, like, and, and Bobby Moynihan too, which was like a nice resistance reunion, to be honest, even though they didn't really mention it, which why, why would they, they're talking about visions. And that panel itself was really, really interesting. And it was really wonderful to hear from all of them. Yeah, it was cool to hear from all of their different experiences, all of the the actors, the voice actors experiences, because they were all they were all in different shorts. I was trying to think. I don't think any of them were from the same short. So they were all in different shorts and and had kind of different experiences with how they found out they were getting the role about the project in general. And it was it was really cool to hear from all of them and um yeah, just being a part of this project. I thought this panel, this panel was really run really well. And it was nice because it it had like these different sections. Like they, in the beginning, they talked with, you know, the executive producers and everything like that for the show. Um, But then they also had like a mini like Q&A, like they had solicited questions from Twitter a couple like last week, I think. And so they got to ask the creators some fan questions. Then they took a break. And then we had this like really lovely video from all of the animation studios uh, in Japan. And the animation studio, I can't think of it off the top of my head right now, that did Ronin. The director of Ronin uh, cosplayed as Ronin during like, and he it was, was awesome. Like, it was incredible. He and he was painted gray, like he was in black and white. Um, like his face was painted with gray paint. It, it was it was incredible. He like they had like the whole that studio had all of the animators um, there, and they were saying you know thank you for loving the the duel. Sorry, I was calling it the Ronin and. Then all of a sudden, the director walks out in this full cosplay and, and in character as the Ronin. And it was it was super cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we got to hear from each of the studios briefly, and that was really special. But then uh, then the, the voice actors came out, and we talked to them for a bit. And then the creators, the executive producers came out again. And yeah, then they announced that actually, yes, Volume 2 is coming in 2020. And what was super cool is they showed this map that had different countries highlighted. Uh, So before, Volume 1 was all Japanese anime, which 
was incredible, of course. But then volume two, it looks like there are still going to be shorts produced from Japan. But then there are other countries that are going to be represented as well, including India, South Africa, Chile, uh, South Korea, Ireland. Um, I might be missing one or two. I'm doing it from memory. But Spain and France. Spain. And yeah. UK. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. And I'm so excited for this. I'm so pumped. Yeah. I think it's just a really interesting concept, honestly, of, okay, so clearly like what James Waugh said in the beginning of the show, that they're clearly continued, continuing to explore those relationships that they forged with visions like volume one with the future of star wars and anime like can't wait to see what that is i hope it's like a full length version of maybe the ninth jedi or something like that yeah. um like oh, wow and then also exploring all these different um animation styles and studios from around the world i mean i don't know i can't really think of anything better i think it's such a cool concept and so many different studios around the world are doing the coolest things with animation. So it makes sense that this partnership would continue in a bigger way. And I was, I was really, really pumped about it. And I wasn't expecting this at all. I definitely was expecting volume two, but I wasn't expecting it to be in, other, other countries. Yeah, yeah. In such a big way. Super cool. Well, what was interesting is that they had mentioned that the plan when they started the visions project had always been for, uh, the Lucasfilm uh, producers to go to Japan and meet in person with all of these uh, studios and like, you know, start creating relationships in real life with these directors and animators in Japan. And then, of mm -hmm. course, COVID happened and that wasn't possible. And so for them to create this amazing project like Visions through Zoom and virtual meetings, on completely different time zones, honestly, like completely different days, really. Um, it's just, it's incredible. And so I think for them to take uh, what they learned about how to communicate effectively, like through a project like this virtually and to be able to now bring it to like other animation studios to bring in other animation studios from around the world. And a lot of ways being able to do things virtually like that opens up so many more doors. Um, so I don't know. I think it's really cool. And I hope they do get to go to a lot of these countries in person. Like, it'll be great to see that in the future. But to know that something as incredible as Visions is possible, um, even in a time like COVID, I think is incredible. And so now that that opportunity to see um, animation studios from around the world get brought in to this project now too I just think it's so so cool and yeah I really can't wait for for volume two same I really can't okay so then our last panel of celebration was a big one <laughs> it was the creatures of return of the Jedi panel and on that panel included Tom Spina blast points Amy Ratcliffe and Kurt that Kirk Thatcher it was so good we learned a lot of things including <laughs> <laughs> the fact that Max Rebo, okay, Elephant Man, you know, you know what we're talking about, that those things that we perceive as ears are actually flippers. They're flippers. They're flippers. Phil Tippett confirmed it. They're flippers. So he has the feet that he plays the keyboards with. And the, the, the next appendages are his flippers, <laughs> his ears. Not ears. Not ears, they're flippers. They're flippers. I mean, maybe they also hear. I mean, I don't know. It's an alien, but like, 
flippers. Isn't that Flipper. crazy? I'm I am still <laughs> shook. I'm telling everyone I know. Whole, I'm not the kidding. The whole crowd was like, <gasps> <gasps> yeah. And the way that they presented it too was like breaking Max Rebo anatomy news. <laughs> it's just a lot. So and so uh, yeah, that panel was so funny. They went through so many images from the archives of different creatures from Return of the Jedi. And it was, it was incredible. Like things I never even knew to look for, they showed on the screen. It was, it was so cool. And Jason and Gabe from Blast Points did a fantastic job on the panel. It was, it was so very much their element and it was so fun to watch. Yeah. I, I really learned a lot. I think that Caitlin and I's expertise in terms of fandom is not necessarily creatures or any of that sort of deep cut, those deep cuts, really. Um, I'd love it to be, but it's not. And I think that those, seeing all those photos, you don't even realize how rich the Jabba's palace of it all really is. There are some really funky looking creatures in that palace. It is so weird. And the names, there's a list that they found in the archives of all the different names. And they're just so funny and so stupid. I think my favorite, it's hard to pick a favorite because they're all so stupid. But the woof, there's a a creature called woof with three O's, W-O-O-O-F. Like, um, sure. And then we also (laughs) found out that there was uh, a suit made called Light Man which I think has gone viral in a couple in the past couple of years. I remember this, but I didn't know much about it until this panel where they made this suit made out of lights. It's a like a black suit with lights all on it. And the, the liners say it's called Light Man. And everyone talks about how it's the most dangerous thing that Star Wars has ever done because there was like, it was like gas powered with lights. I mean, like one all, moment. All it could, voltage on your body literal voltage like you could explode into flames and light man would become flame man and it's just kind of crazy <laughs> so it's it's literally insane so yeah we just learned a lot it was nonstop laughs and I took so many pictures and I I didn't even take enough pictures like there were things that I I missed so um that was amazing and I guess if they this is I think the third um Tom Spina creatures panel that he's done before and I would recommend it if they do it again, like wholeheartedly. It was a really fun time. It was like really silly. Yeah, it was it was super fun. Learned a lot. So, so many things, like I said, that I just never even knew existed or that I even needed to look for. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, after that panel, uh, celebration was almost over. over, which is crazy to think about. And we just kind of wandered the show floor in a stage, in a, in a haze, like hurriedly buying last purchases <laughs> and things like that. And looking at all the booths we didn't get a chance to look at before. So uh, yeah, it, it, then it was o- over. Um, and it was really sad. Yeah. we were. The depression was setting in. I bought... Yeah an old Entertainment Weekly issue with Hayden and Natalie on the cover from Attack of the Clones. The interview is wild. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. We are reading it in the in the hotel yeah. room later. Yeah. It's, it, I, I love old magazines, especially old prequel magazines. Um, I That was one that I didn't have. So I bought that. We bought like uh, some old Return of the Jedi folders, like school folders. Um, I yeah. almost bought a Star Tours vintage t-shirt, but it was $300 and I wanted to cry when he told yeah. me it was $300. Yeah. And that was kind of it for our last minute purchases. 
I think Kayla and I are just in in the phase now where we just want to buy weird stuff, weird old stuff. So that's kind of what we're looking for these days. <laughs> and I think that's, that's yeah, that's the blast points in talking bay. Effect. Exactly, exactly. It's the it, <laughs> yes, and uh, yeah, but it has to be like kind of up our alley. Like I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I will not be. Uh, Brandon bought the the max butt crack max rebo. Yeah. And that's not my alley of weird. Yeah, yeah, not a, not that weird, but I I respect the decision. Okay, I'm, oh, there's no judgment here. I fully respect. None. Yeah. <laughs> um, but suddenly celebration was over, and Caitlin actually, Caitlin and I actually always sort of end celebration with like a walkthrough of the floor. It gets kind of depressing because people are taking stuff down, but people are willing to cut you some deals. That didn't really happen this year, but it's happened in the past for us. And like things go on sale in the eleventh hour, so that's always good to do. And then we learned sort of third hand. This is how it always is with the way that they announce next celebration. Is we heard like, oh, it's London. Oh, when is it? April twenty twenty three. We're like, whoa, oh my god, that's so soon. But so soon. The current plan is that we're going. Hopefully, we'll see you there. But celebration was the best ever. We sort of sadly wandered home, and then we're texting our friends like. You guys want to get dinner? Yeah. <laughs> Do we go to dinner? <laughs> you go to dinner? Like, this is sad. Like, uh. and then we just yeah. sort of went to dinner and went out for the rest of the night. It was great. It was so yeah. fun. What an amazing celebration. It was, it was the best thing ever. I got to say kind of a funny thing uh, that happened is so every night in the hotel room, right, we would have on the TV for like 20 minutes before we went to bed. And the only thing that was really on was friends. And... <laughs> This became like a friends became like an omen for us throughout the week in a weird way. Um, firstly, on the the plane ride over, Charlotte and I both watched the latest Spider Man movie, which we both forgot that John Favreau was in that movie, and we were like, "Oh, it's like a like a John Favreau jump scare," but like in a good way, you know what I mean? Like, "LOL, we're going to go see him." So then the night before the Mandalorian panel, we didn't know if we were going to get into the Mandalorian panel and we turn on friends and what uh what episode is it but the episodes where John Favreau is Monica's boyfriend and we're like huh seems like a sign and sure enough the next day we got in and then that night again we turn on the TV before we go to bed and it's the friends episode where they're all going to London <laughs> and we were like huh feels like a sign <laughs> it really felt like a sign <laughs> it was it was kind of funny like it, it was a little a little spooky how it kept the friends they were doing like a marathon of friends and whenever we happened to tune in the episodes were very timely with whatever was going on it was funny so all that to say is I'm pretty sure we'll be there we also we also watched Moulin Rouge that was on TV oh yeah we did and then the last two nights ago Empire was on when we were packing up I don't know. Just sometimes like the the TV just kind of speaks to you with what's on and you're like, whoa, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I forgot that Moulin Rouge was on too. Yeah. So we had a, we had a musical moment as well with you and it was fun. It was good. And then on Monday we left. We saw some friends in the, in, in the lobby. We figured out how to freaking pack everything that we bought and everything that we didn't give away. And uh, we figured it out, but you know, we brought a lot of stuff. So leaving with a lot of stuff too was a big struggle. And then we were on the plane for hours and hours and hours. And I cried <laughs> on the plane. I cried leaving. I'm like still so sad. I Celebration depression really hits me really hard. And it's going to take me a couple of weeks to shake. Like when I arrived back in New York City last night, it was so late. 
I felt like I was in a vortex in the simulation, like something glitched, like it was weird. After you come back off of such a high of an amazing week that literally started with interviewing Hayden Christensen and ended with like an amazing celebration. I don't know how you can resume your normal life. Like you literally can't. You cannot. You cannot. I'm just sad and isolating. So in case I am a carrier of COVID, we're both testing negative as of now um, that I don't, I don't spread it. But while we're isolating, we're just depressed. (laughs) (laughs) Isolating and sad. Yeah. I, the fact that I have to like work tomorrow is just, it's not right. I should be going on star tours or going to a panel and eating goldfish. It's just, but it's celebration. It's not fair. Celebration was the best thing ever. It was such like, like I said at the beginning, like a return home. And like we've already mentioned in this episode and and all like pre-celebration, like it, it is a celebration. It's so cool that Star Wars gets to be a celebration and not a convention. Like it just gives everything a different tone and feeling. And I do think that's super important, honestly. And I'm just so grateful that we had this week and this opportunity and all of the people that we got to meet, all the listeners that we got to meet. Thank you so much for coming up to us and saying hi. Um, It was every, it was all so special. So thank you so much if you did come up and say hi to us. Um, We were really happy to meet you. Um, Even during that six to nine o'clock period in Disneyland where we had not got the second win yet. (laughs) I promise we were really happy about it. but yeah, thank you so much to everyone who who we got to meet and who came to our show. Um, it was so much fun for us. It really was. And I can't wait for the next one. Oh, my God. And in just a couple hours, we'll have episode three of Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi. <laughs> can't wait to talk about that. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. At least there's that. Like returning yeah. home, we, we're, we're in the throes of an amazing Star Wars television show. So... At least we have that to look forward to every week. And now yeah. Celebration London or Celebration Europe, I guess, is the term. But can't wait for that. Can't wait for all of that. So, oh, my God. Uh, what a time. I know. I know. It was incredible. And I hope um, if you were not able to go, you were able to follow along with a lot of people who were there. Hopefully it made you feel a little bit like you were there experiencing some of it. And I hope um, if you were there that you all got home safely and with all of your new treasures safely packed with no damage. Um, And yeah, I'm just I'm so excited for the next celebration we should be there in London. Um, so I'm bearing super world excited. events, I guess. I, I yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to say, I don't want to say anything definitively, but that's, that's the plan. That's the hope. That's the dream. Save the dream. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think that's going to wrap up this celebration recap because honestly we have to go to bed. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> we are ready for bed. But thank you again so much for listening. Uh, our live episode, our live show episode is up now where we talk about episodes one and two of Kenobi. We will be coming out with our episode three review very, very soon. Um, yeah, so I hope you guys had a great time. I hope you're excited about some of the things that were announced at Star Wars Celebration. We certainly are. If you'd like to tell us what you're most excited about, you can find us on Twitter at Skytalkers Pod 
or our personal handles. Charlotte's is at Crarity and mine is at Caitlin and Plusher. We also have our website, skytalkers.com, our Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. Charlotte's put up a ton of photos on Instagram of different things we got, of our George and Dave outfits. So if you want to see any of that, that's definitely the place to check out is our Instagram. Um, And if you've left us a review on iTunes and Spotify, thank you so, so, so much for doing that. It does help other people find our show. And if you haven't left us a review yet on either of those platforms, we'd be so grateful if you took a couple seconds to go and leave us a five-star rating. And if you're interested in other ways to support our show, you can head on over to our Patreon and check out our reward tiers there. Yes. And I want to say a huge thank you to these patrons, Olivia, Justin, Benjamin, Molly, Jose, Nina, Alexa, Jordan, Jedediah, Brad, Natalie, Danian, Anna, Madison, Trevor, Ali, Sophia, BB, Nate, Andrew, Mason, and Sophia, Aubrey, Emily, and Angela. Thank you so much for supporting us. Your support means the world. Yes. Thank you guys so much. And until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you.
to get me there. That music follows me everywhere <laughs> I go. And you know what? I'm happy about it. <laughs> speakers in the operating room when I had my last colonoscopy. <laughs> <laughs>